0: Welcome back to the Shut the Hell Up and Sell podcast. I am your host, Ronel Richards, the author of Shut the Hell Up and Sell. I want to welcome you guys in. I've got a special guest today. I'm really excited to have this conversation but before we get this started i just i just want to thank you for taking the time to hang out with us i know how important it is um, that how important your time is and, and and there's just no no greater honor than you spending a little bit of time with us so you know i consider it my duty our duty to give you guys some rock solid stories some fantastic practical pragmatic advice and direction so you can go out there and kill it That's what it's about. So we're going to get, we're going to hop right into it. No more pontificating from this guy. We're going to hop right into this because I've got a, a, a very good friend of mine that is joining today. Everyone's a good friend. You guys are probably listening. You're like, Oh, Ron, everyone's a good friend. Yes, they're all good friends. I'm a lucky dude. What can I say? My friends are cooler than a lot of other people's. This is what it is. But today I've got my friend Mary Henderson on and Mary, how are you doing? This, it's my evening, your morning. How are you?
1: I'm brilliant, outstanding, indestructible today for you, Ronald. I'm all fired up.
0: <laughs> I love it. Indestructible. That's a first. Yeah. <laughs> that That is a first. For, well, for the few of you out there that don't know Mary, because she does such a fantastic job of of just, of well, she's done such a fantastic job of building her brand and amplifying her brand, which is a term I use a lot. You guys probably have heard me say that. That, um, man, her reach is just phenomenal. And and what, here, here's, Mary, here's why I have so much respect for that is that there are so many people out there talking about brand building and talking about marketing and yet their own brands and their own marketing sucks. How can you tell me about mine if you don't have yours together? So I don't want to steal your thunder. I want, I want to ask. You to go ahead. Go ahead and let, let the our audience know what it is that you do, what it is that you give to the world.
1: Oh yes, thank you. It's my pleasure. So I help. Um, I help industry experts. That's my area of expertise. Um, I help them systemize, uh, digitalize, and commercialize their knowledge, wisdom, and skill into a brand and a business that's the short of it. Um, and it is, you know, you've, you're rightly saying that personal branding space, the thing that we have to ask ourselves is if you can't commercialize a personal brand, what do you do with it? You know, so that's the key, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, man. I got to tell you, like just on a personal note, again, guys, personal friend, you've been such a, just, man brought so much value to me. You said something the other day, you said something, a piece of marketing, Uh, email marketing wasn't you. It was probably your team, but it was so on point. And I'm like, I responded that. I'm like, wow, it was just, it brought so much value to me on that day. I'm like, man, this is, this is what Mary's all about. So um, (laughs) guys, make make sure that you're following Mary. All right. So this, this show, it's all about sales. It's all about sales. And most importantly, I think that the, that the difference that, or the message that I'm bringing in the, and the difference that we're making in this world of sales is teaching people how to build a sales Business, Mm. not just be a better seller. That's easy. Everyone's talking about that. Here's a tactic. Here's the. Mm. I'm. I want to talk about how to be, how to build a business, how to build a career, and that's what we do. So I want to ask you. My first question to you is, when? What's the first sales job you ever had? When's the first time you you (laughs) got paid to sell something?
1: I my very first sales job, believe it or not, is I was in the media industry and I didn't finish I deferred my degree, Ronel, and I started my my career in um the sales department in one of our largest TV stations here in Australia. And I was only a coordinator, it was only a coordinator role, and I really wanted to sell. Like I was desperate to get out there and be, you know, a sales rep. We call them sales representatives here. Anyway, so that's kind of like the lower the lower ranking sales people. And um, Mm -hmm. then I was so ambitious and I was offered this job in a publishing company to sell space in magazines. And they weren't like a type magazines; They were more like, you know, very industry specific type uh, magazines. I didn't Mm -hmm. like publishing, but I loved selling. Like I just I was made to sell, you know, and that was like, that was the first time when I really came face to face. I was young, you know, like I was what, 21, 22, thereabouts, you know, and I had no clue. They didn't have sales training back then, Ronelle. We had to do it as we we went to teach ourselves as as you go along. And I think that's the best way to learn sales, you know, because it's not about, you know, it's not about, I mean, maybe today there's a lot of tools that we use, you know, to help us, uh, you know, close the sale, but I still think the premise of sales stays the same. It's all about relationship building, understanding the yeah. customer needs, blah, blah, blah. But my first job was, you know, and I spent so much time in my car driving from one appointment to the other, you know, I, you know, and the great thing about sales is that, it does give you a lifestyle so you really your 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 ego gets inflated very very quickly at a very young age you know and you kind of think that you're you are <laughs> seriously indestructible here I've in my little sports car at yeah. 22, like you know I just thought like I've made it you know but it wasn't that it was i think what it was it was a perfect match to my personality i think that's that's mm-hmm. that's the key
0: mhm so you mentioned you know how when we started in sales, you, you kinda you learned there was a lot of OJT, right? You learn on the job. You had, you know, folks that may put their arm around you and, and taught you what, what to do. And and I think that's something that, you know, in the in this information age that we're currently in where, where we have so much easy access to information, yes. I feel like in some ways Newer sellers can be at a disadvantage because they're getting less of that nurturing, less of that coaching, coaching, less of that one-on-one mentorship, especially in this covid past, post-COVID um. era, the hybrid work era. Um, folks aren't getting as much of that like you and I got. So, so I want to ask you um, at this 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 point. This is when I like to ask you to shout out one of those unsung heroes. No doubt, you had so many people just like I did. Um, but I'd like you to, to to tell us about one person that made an impact and how they made that impact with you and what lesson you learned from you or what lesson they taught you.
1: I think that I mean, outside of, you know, my mentors who have created massive impact in my life, I think from a career standpoint, I the, the one person that, that that was that sliding door moment, if you will, was when I got my first big break in the tech industry. And that was back in year 2000, 22 Mm. years ago. It's a long time. But that's, remember 1999, year 2000, that was everyone wanted to be in the tech space. And um, it took me a long time to get to crack that code and get a sales job in the tech industry because I had no experience. Remember, I came from a media background. And... um, it was interesting because this, the, 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 my boss who became my boss, she actually employed me on the spot. Like I didn't go through the whole process. And, you know, in technology, you know, you go through 22 interviews before you get the job. And so yeah. she saw something in me that was, that spoke to her. And, and this is one of, actually, I might give you one of those pragmatic advice, you know, when we get to that, get, get to that place, but, you know, she saw something in me that validated my self-worth, and also what I believed I could do, now That was the key here because mm-hmm. I knew I could sell. I knew what I was capable of doing, and her name was Marlene Gant. And she, she. You know, I mean, I left, I didn't stay in that job for very long because I got, you know, I, 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 I progressed very quickly in my career, but if it wasn't for her, actually, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today, honestly, because mm. it was in that job where I actually came face to face with personal branding. So that's where I started to learn that and and the power of personal branding from that one job. And, you know, and it's kind of led me to to where I am now. So sometimes we don't like um, the people we work with or even our bosses. But when you reflect back you think if it wasn't for her, I actually wouldn't be here today.
0: Wow. Wow. You know, leaders, I want you to listen, listen to it. And, and And when I'm saying, when I say leaders, I'm not talking about people in management. Anyone oh. can be a leader.
1: Uh-huh.
0: What I heard from that story is one, the power of, of mm, I want to say, giving some empowerment almost like she, she helped validate you. Like she gave you confidence. She helped to build your confidence. She gave you an opportunity, helped to build your confidence. Let, you know, you could, you could make it happen. Um, number one, number two, you didn't work with her for years. No, This was, you know, a short period of time, but it's just, it just, it speaks to me and just the power of how quality interaction and quality engagement, the impact that you can make in someone's life, or someone can make in your life. So, leaders, the lesson I'm getting in that is, man, really, really understand how important these in- interactions that you have with other people are, and how you can make a massive impact. I had a similar story that I talk about in the in the book, Mary, with with the and what inspired this whole segment of our, of the podcast is, is the story of the, the gold watch and the, in my book. And that was a f- literally 15 minutes that I spent with this gentleman over the course of two days that, um, impacted the rest of my life and helped to form my philosophy on on sales. So man, powerful story. Shout out to Marlene. Marlene. Shout out to Marlene. All right. It's storytelling time, Mary. And I, if there's one thing I know about Mary Henderson, <laughs> is she can tell a good damn story. So it's storytelling time. This is the time for you to share a story, just right in line with with what we've done in the book, which is share stories uh, to help to better help better educate people and help them to understand why. We believe the way that we believe, which helps to fuel our actions, which helps to fuel the tactical execution, which makes it, which in this world, you, we, we were just talking about all of the um, the tools, right? Like wow. you were talking about the tools and all. We've got all of this shit that we can use. <laughs> problem is we don't know how to use it because we right. don't have the right philosophies. We don't have the right foundation wow. that influences how to use this stuff properly. All right. So. Storytelling time. So now I would like you to share a story from your career, from your life, and tell me how that is, um, how that story is has, has, has impacted the way that you do business or your philosophy in business.
1: Absolutely. <clears throat> so going back to you know that story that I just shared about the the shout out uh, with Marlene, um, there's a couple of parts of that story, and I really want to want to want to give the whole context because it really there's a lot of juicy bits in here. What I didn't say in that story, and then when I'll start in this story, is that when I got that job in that tech industry, which was the largest largest IT distribution company in the world, um, what I didn't say is that it took me nine months of persistence before I actually landed the right job. So imagine applying for 150 jobs, having 43 face-to-face interviews with different tech companies, being rejected by all of the 150 and the 43 face-to-face interviews. And then one day you get a phone call and the assistant, the personal assistant to my boss, Marlene, she calls and says, Marlene has just found your CV underneath a stack of papers in the Melbourne office the sales manager had your cv six months ago and placed it underneath a pile of papers and he he's no longer with us and as she was cleaning out his desk she came she stumbled across your cv and she wants to fly you to Sydney this Friday to meet with you and so so the reason why I'm starting there is because That job changed the trajectory of my life. So I had to wait and go through that whole experience of applying for 150 jobs, 43 face-to-face interviews to always come in as the runner-up. Always the runner up. And so you can lose, you know, your own self confidence just by that level of rejection and sale is all sales is all about rejection. If you can't Mm -hmm. handle rejection, get out of sales. So, so anyway, I got this job, which was amazing. And then on my first day of that job, My boss Marlene says, "Hey, I've got great news and I've got really bad news. The great news is you have an opportunity of a lifetime, like quite literally an opportunity of a lifetime. The bad news is is that the account that you're going to be working on, they're a declining eight million dollar business right now. They're about to walk away from us. We're about to lose the account, and you've got twelve weeks." To save it because all of your predecessors couldn't save the account, so we've got that we're at, we're at breaking point now, and they're about to pull it all away. So I'm thinking, um, wow, all of that waiting period to get this dream job, and now I've got 12 weeks to fix it. Again, she must have seen something in me, Ronelle, that I hadn't recognized at the time. So. So when so I go to meet the account, the, the 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 client and there's about I don't know eight, ten people in this in this boardroom kind of scenario. And I'm having this conversation, I'm really enthusiastic, you know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And they're all like, you know, at we, we that was when the first, not smartphone, but the first Nokia came out. It was like a digital screen. You probably remember that. Um mm-hmm. and you know, and so everyone was on, you know, playing with their new toys, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm sitting there thinking, um, so where is the person who was the the head of that department i said where when is she coming and they said oh no she won't be coming she's not joining us um and i was like okay so what are we doing here <laughs> type of thing and so i left that meeting we go in i go into the lift and there's this woman in the lift i'm wearing red snakeskin boots Okay, so I'm on brand. So <laughs> I'm, the, the lift door opens, red steak skin boots, really high stilettos, like, you know, all decked out. And, um, this woman, she's behind me and she's like, oh, I have to have those red boots. Where did you get those red boots? And, um, I looked at her and I said, is your name such and such? And she said, Yes, and I said, "Well, I'm Mary, and you were supposed to be in my meeting, and you know you didn't show up." And she said, "Well, that's because we're actually pulling our business away from you guys. Why would I show? Why, why would I attend the mm-hmm. meeting? You know, if we we're not when we're, we're leaving you, like see you later, no one was able to fix the problem." And I said, "Are you?" So the lift is going down at this point. So I said, "Are you going down to have lunch?" And she said, "Yes." I said, "Let me buy you a coffee at the very least. I just need ten minutes of." your time and she said like no look I've really made a decision I said 10 minutes I'll tell you where I bought the red boots from and she just laughed and she said okay let's 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 have a coffee so we sit down and have a coffee and um, she said okay what what how do you think you can fix it I said I need to sit with your operations team for 12 weeks in your office I need to understand your system and I'm going to take that information. I'm going to go back to our company. I'm going to match it with our system. I can fix the problem. I think like that. I know how to fix the problem. So, and she said, okay, Mary, I'm going to give you 12 weeks, 12 weeks and one day. If it's not fixed, it's over. I said, yes, it's over. Let's shake on that. It's over. So anyway, I'm crossing the road. I paused for a moment and I thought, holy moly, what just happened then? Because a couple of things happen. First of all, we had a like-minded zone, which was our connection point, the red boots. I know it's funny, but it's what I call a like-minded zone. Till this day, I still use this strategy. Because if you can't find a like-minded zone, it, our like-minded zone was fashion. Okay. So every time I walked into that office, I would make sure I would wear my best shoes, my best something, because I knew it would start a conversation with her. I would get her attention, right? That was Mm -hmm. the first thing. The second thing that happened, Ronelle, I recognized in that very moment okay, I've got not just an opportunity, I've got a global opportunity. I've got an opportunity to create a brand. and be recognized as a complex problem solver in the tech industry and I'm going to command my demand. I'm going to create a brand around myself and I'm going to get every vendor, IT vendor knocking on my door. That was my driver and my mindset. So I go in my car, I go back to the office and I ring my boss and I said, we're in for another 12 weeks, I know how to fix the problem. And she said, well, good luck, Mary, I hope so. Anyway, I ended up fixing the problem. We went from 8 million to 22 million in 18 months with double digit margins, which never, ever, ever happens in the tech industry. We're lucky to get 1% margin in the, in the tech industry. I was getting 10 and 12%. Not only that but our fulfillment rates, like logistically, were so high that I actually became the highest salesperson in that company globally. Like yeah. I, it was, we had a recession in between that job well, while I was at that job and they were getting rid of all these people. I was the number one salesperson on that list. Do not get rid of these people. And so the moral to the story is this, that in sales we have to learn persistence because persistence can change the trajectory of our whole life. We can cross paths with someone and it, and, you, and that 15 minutes with a gold watch could be the game changer. Okay. Mm-hmm. For me, it was landing the right job at the right time with the right company that would open up other doors for me. Number two is that I understood the power of establishing a like-minded zone. That I Mm -hmm. knew that if if fashion was her thing, it was my thing too, and I was going to amplify that. And number three, I understood the power of personal branding twenty-two years ago. And not only did I understand the power of personal branding, but I created an. I understood how to create an entire framework around it. And this is where, and that's where my career led me. I did get headhunted by a multinational out of California and I became VP of sales. I had a massive sales team, you know, and as they say, the rest is history, but they're the three that that's, that's a story that I really want to share.
0: Boy, there was so much in that it's almost difficult for me to break it down.
1: I remember, <laughs> there was, what? there was so much. so much, I know.
0: <laughs> you know, so, you know, as we started this conversation, I talked about how um, with shut the help and sell what we're about is helping people to build a sales business. And oh. you just man just killed it with that story and explaining the importance of it, but not just the importance of how to do it right. So yes. how the importance of your brand and and that's uh, something that, that is in the book. And I talk about the sellers taking understanding that you're building your own business within the business. And that's what you did. I don't know how yes. you had the yes. foresight to think that to do that at, at 22. Cause I certainly didn't, but you understood that, Hey, I am building a business for myself and what I do with this customer and how I handle this customer. There's an opportunity here. There's an yes. opportunity in this mess yes. for me to become a hero and to, for, to, to, to lay the the groundwork for this great brand that you would build and tell me how did that that experience that building the brand how did that impact you later in your career oh. that that specific um story you just told
1: it was a huge because um, suddenly I was starting to become recognized by all the big global software brands or, you know, IT brands, soft, um, Microsoft, uh, you know, uh, Norton, um, I mean, all of them, all of them. It was just, it was just phenomenal. And so um, when the, when I was headhunted by um, the uh, company out in California, Belkin, I was, it was really interesting because they, they headhunted me Based on the results that I was getting for the account that I was working on. And so, mm-hmm. so everyone, we started to talk about me, you know, everyone was talking about, and the thing is right now, there's another thing I didn't mention about this. And this, I think this is really important. You know, when we're building a brand, you know, when we're, when we're defining who we are as a brand, we have to actually understand and in sales, especially what is our brand signature? This is the thing that I started to work on very early in my, in, in my career when I, from that job onwards. And what I realized is that my shoes became my sales signature. I know it sounds really funny and weird, but, but the thing is I invested in the most hottest, sexiest shoes, very expensive. That was the one thing I spent a lot of money on. Why did I do that? Because Every time I would walk in, especially when I got headhunted by the the, the other the the, the, v, the VP sales job in out of California, when I would walk in and negotiate, I would be negotiating ninety nine percent of the time with men, but the PA would always walk in and offer me a coffee or a glass of water or something like that, and the first thing that they would do is zoning on my shoes. So the PA would say, oh, Mary, oh my God, I love those shoes. Where did you get them from? So now think about the psychology here. I'm in a room with dark suits negotiating a contract, a deal, whatever it was that we were doing at the time. It was very seldom to see women in that role at that senior role negotiating. But what did I do? The PA would get my attention for the first 10 seconds. So I owned that room in that first 10 seconds. All eyes were on me. So I mm-hmm. was building energy around Mary so that I could actually be in that state of the, if everyone was looking at me and focused on me because I wanted to own that power. So the shoes became my, my draw card. It was very, very powerful, and it became a part of my signature. But then also when I looked at my sales team, And this was, this was the most, this is probably the most important thing I can share in this podcast today is that, you know, when I, when I became a VP of sales and I had a massive sales team, I could have done two things, done what everybody else does, which is have a a sales, sales, a, a room full of salespeople that have job descriptions and they go out and do a function, right? Which is to sell. I didn't want that. I wanted my salespeople to be brands. So, what did I do? I sat them in a boardroom, 30 of them, and I got my whiteboard out and I said, Okay, I'm going to go around the room. I want every one of you to tell me all of your attributes. I want to know about your family, your passions, your gifts, your talents, Mm. the loves of your life. Oh, just tell me who you are. You as a person. I'm not interested in the job description. I just want to know who you are in your natural state of being. Now think of the power here. So now there's 30 people that have told me who they are in their natural state of being. I go away. I assess that data and I come back and I say, right, you are going to manage this account. You're going to manage mm. this account and you're going to manage this account because you are aligned with that type of account, that type of personality, that kind of, you're going to, you're going to Be the brand in that environment because they're going to resonate with you a lot more than if you just walked in and said, Hey, here's, I'm Mary Henderson and I'm a sales, you know, I'm a BDM. Who cares? Care factor zero. So we threw all of our job descriptions in the bin and we became brands. Now, isn't it amazing? that those people would come to work every day and they would say, I love coming to work because I can be myself. I mean, think about the power here. Every one of my salespeople, and I'm talking the 20-year-olds, the 25-year-olds, 23, they were all earning six figures. All of them, all of them were earning six figures. They all drove prestige cars. They were killing it. Why? Why did that happen? It happened because they were allowed to be themselves. It happened because they were building their own brands so they can expand their wings and get on with their career after Mary had left. And I think that is such an important aspect of sales that most people don't get.
0: Um, I'm over here going time out, blow the whistle, like you're drop because you're dropping – um, you just dropped a megaton <laughs> megaton bomb right there and i do not want it to get get missed you just dropped a next level strategy mm-hmm. for sales leaders managers people listen how often as we're thinking about aligning our our sellers to either prospect accounts or um existing accounts how often are we thinking like you just laid it out. We're, we're not, we're thinking about geography. Usually that's usually it It was geography. (laughs) Um, and listen, here's why this is so important right now. Uh Things are getting tough. It's not going to get easier here in 23, especially for a lot of our listeners that are part that are in tech and tech related industries. It is what it is. Uh However, what you just learned from Mary is that one, when you're building a brand and you're doing things the right way, Uh Oh, you're going to be fine. Uh (laughs) economic downturns, whatever, you're going to be in demand. There's always somebody that needs to be sold. There's always some people that are looking for the best talent. Number one, number two, you really, as leaders, we need to be doing thinking about next level strategies to give us the edge over our competition. So aligning your sellers, with, you know, based upon criteria, way beyond just geography. Oh, Timmy lives in Atlanta. Let's go with that. No, man. Like you got to do, we've got to do better. We've got to do more. I love that guys. Rewind that. Listen to that again. (laughs) Um, record it, um, transcribe it, put it on, put it, put it in your office, put it in your car. That was next level. And I almost, Mary, now you've made it, you've made it so difficult on me because you just, you're just dropping so many bombs today. I got it. I haven't even asked you your practical advice yet. And you know, you've already given like a half a dozen things. All right. That that was fantastic. Thanks again for that share. Um, now I'm going to, I know you've got more. You're rapid fire. All right. I'm going to ask you for your practical advice. And as a reminder to our our, our audience, um, this is something that you can take. You can already take like 10 things away from this. But this is something you can take away from this episode and go immediately apply it to your business to start seeing some success, simple, pragmatic, practical, um, before you go and immediately take this from this episode, immediately apply it. Listen to all the other episodes. Okay. Listen to all the episodes, right? I want you, I want you armed up. If you're listening to this at the beginning of the year, which you probably are, um, this is going to be a great way for you to get ready to get fired up, to get motivated, go out there and smash it is that people, everyone says crush it. Now I'm, I'm not, I'm I'm going to go smash. I like smashing better. <laughs> I
1: like smashing. Crush yes. crushing's
0: overused. All right. So now it's practical advice. what you, what you got, Mary?
1: You know what? I'm going to go a different route with this one. I think that, um, I want to share something that I've really, really, really zoned in on even today as I'm, you know, I'm selling where we sell every day. Right. You know, mm-hmm. when we sell, we're always focused on, you know, the the um, the features, the benefits. You know, doing a gap analysis. You know, understanding what the client needs and matching it with the solution. It's very linear thinking, okay? And and sales is linear, okay? You have to have that pragmatic, you know, common sense, linear type of you know uh, uh, approach because you've got to fulfill. You've got to you've got to find something and and and, and close a gap. That's that's a given. But there's something else that we don't talk about, and that's this. When we're selling, we have to remember. That whilst there's two physical people negotiating, there's also two souls feeling each other as well. You know how many times have we sold and you feel something's not right? This person's lying, or this person's, you know, just there's something just not right about this room, these people, this 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 manager. Something doesn't feel right. And to me, when someone's lying, you your soul knows and the other soul knows, because there's two conversations going on that we cannot see, but or, but we can feel. And I think that when we're selling, we really need to take this into account. I do this all the time. So if I'm selling and I'm making shit up, that other person will know, right? They will know immediately. But if I speak from my heart, and be honest and truthful, and, the, and that buyer doesn't buy, it's okay because nine times out of 10, they do a full circle and they'll come back at some point. So we don't have to put the pressure on the sale. What we have to understand is that there's a soul conversation going on and that other soul will know if you are clean and legitimate and caring and loving. And I think that we've got to go there moving forward rather than filling the gap and just sell, 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 sell just to meet our quota. I actually feel that those days are gone. I think that we've got to go more on a heart you know more from the heart being pragmatic but also bring the heart into into the mix in a massive way
0: so do you have some advice on how to either get yourself in the proper mindset for that or or to create reminders for it like you know because one of the things that I want like we try to do in the book and I want people to take away is like what are some actions that they can take to take advantage of, of, of advice, like that great advice that you, that you gave and maybe not. So, cause a lot of things in sales are like theoretical, right? Like, yes. like we like so, solution selling. It's like, yeah, yes. everyone, oh yeah, we should sure. provide solutions. Yeah. We're solutions. Mm-hmm. But they don't talk so much about what that actually means. Right. Like break that down. Yeah. So, and you're, how would you advise that people either, Put reminders in place, or do things that can help them to take action to what you just.
1: You well, just the thing shared. is, Ronald, it's actually a lot more complicated than this, you know. Because I actually teach this in my work now, when I'm working with clients, and 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 I, it, I'll just share this because it, anyone that's in sales or building a sales business can totally apply this to their business, and that is that you may be a salesperson, but you have to embody it. Two different things. Mm-hmm the function is very different to embodying being a salesperson. So what do I mean by that? It means that I have to become the salesperson. I have to eat, breathe and and, and live that, that um, persona, if you will, on a day-to-day basis, but I have to fully be into it. So what stops us from being fully into it? It's emotions. It's actual emotions that uh, that that cause the effect of being a brilliant salesperson and a not and, and a mediocre salesperson. So, and I love the law of cause and effect. And I use this a lot as well because. If most of us focus on the effect, I've got to fix the effect. I've got to fix myself. I've got to fix, the, fix the, 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 the contract. I've got to fix the client. I've got to fix, you know, what I'm proposing. I've got to fix the situation. I've got to fix. I've got to fix something. But that's fixing the effect. The effect can't be fixed ever, ever. The only thing that can be fixed is the cause. We have to always mm-hmm. go back to the cause. And most of the time, the cause is, is us we're the cause, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so what is it about us that's causing us to be brilliant versus mediocre? And there's something at a, at a, not at a cellular level, it's at a soul level that is blocking us from actually shining bright, like a diamond. And it's like this, that like this, um, It's, it's almost like this, uh, layer of something that's, that's an obstacle in our way that we can't seem to get penetrate through. But if you go to the cause and you understand truly what is it that, like, when you're triggered, it's the biggest clue is you just, ask yourself, what is not going right for me? Like, what am I struggling? Where's the pain happening in my life right now? And go there because whatever pain that job or that situation or that negotiation is creating for, for you, we have to start there and understand what is causing this pain. What is causing me to not act as, the, as my highest potential? Why am I only acting mediocre? What's going on here? So it's a little bit more complicated than that. As I said, I teach this in my, in the work that I do, but it's a great way for us, as because we're all salespeople, to be the best version of ourselves. And that does require an understanding of, A, you've got to connect soul to soul, and, B, if you want to go down that path and, B, unapologetically yourself then we also have to clear some of those blocks that are in our way and generally generally 99% of the time it is an emotional block that's connected to the pain that you're experiencing in your life right now or even in the in your job right now
0: mm, so what here's what i took from that um you got to lean in baby you got to lean in, listen. Okay. Um, part of of our mission on and this with this platform and everything we're doing is to evangelize for this beautiful profession. Uh-huh. And so many of you struggle with an identity crisis, and maybe you want to be in you're in sales. So we can get over to marketing. You know, I thought that would be the path to marketing. Or uh, I love what sales does for me, but uh, I don't necessarily love saying I'm a salesperson now. Yeah, or you feed into this the bullshit that's out there, there's negative stereotypes of what salespeople are, or good salespeople are, that's which right. we all know what great salespeople are are, are, are great problem solvers and solution, um, solution folks and relationship builders. That's yes. what a great salesperson is. So that's what I'm pulling from what you just said, Mary. Like we have to lean into this greatness that's waiting there for you. Accept it, accept it, own it, be it. Love it. And it will love you back. Love it. Okay. You know, I could do this all day with you, right? Yes, but, really. <laughs> um, but, 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 uh, your, your clients would be pissed off at me because, uh, <laughs> your schedule is always packed, which is why I thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to hop on with me. And, and it's just, uh, another reason I, I value our, um, our connection. I always, even though we don't talk as often as, as I, as I like that to happen, I value our connection. I value your wisdom and you just drop some fantastic nuggets for, um, for our, our audience. So I'd like you to, if you could just let people know what's the best way to reach you, connect with you, do business with you, work with you. Um, how should they reach out to you?
1: Just email me Mary at Mary dot com. You can go on my website, Mary com. You can book a call with me and we can just have a chat, Mary com slash apply, and of course LinkedIn, Mary Henderson Coaching.
0: She will change your life. And if you <laughs> if you miss all of that, just Google. Yes. Just all you got to do is if you go into Google and you put in M A R Y boom Mary Henderson pops up. That's it. You only got to go to first four. I, I promise. <laughs> I
1: love it. I Mary think I you're the like best. I'm the one now on Google anyway for personal branding expert. I think I do. I'm pretty sure I do. So anyway, maybe just Google that. Um I
0: would not doubt it. I would not doubt it. So if all else fails, guys, Google Mary Henderson, and you'll get like 10 pages of Mary Henderson. <laughs> she owns the first 10 pages because that's what she does. Thank, thank you. you again, my friend, for joining us. Thank,
1: um, you, now. thank you so much.
0: Audience, wherever you are in the in the globe, again, thank you for honoring us with your listen, with your watch, however you're receiving this. We appreciate you. If you have questions, you want to reach out to one of our guests can look in the show notes. You'll always have that, some of their contact information. You can pop questions in on Spotify, YouTube. Um, those are the best ways to get questions to us that we can answer for you live. All right, guys, tons of wisdom bombs in this. Tons of wisdom bombs. But if you don't remember any of this, which I don't know what the heck you're doing, if you can't like okay. rewind it, listen to it again, watch it again. Always remember this one thing. Say less. All right. See you next time. Hey guys, it's Ronnell. And I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of the shut the hell up and sell podcast. If you liked it, please rate us five stars on whichever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. And while you're at it, punch that subscribe button. That way you get notified every time we drop a brand new episode. Hey, I'd also appreciate it if you went to our website, ShutTheHellUpAndSell.com and became a member. It's absolutely free and you'll have the opportunity to listen to previous episodes of our podcast, check out some of our free courses, get a copy of the book, and we'll send you sales tips and motivational nuggets from time to time. Lastly, if you'd like to book me for either appearances or speaking engagements, just send an email to my team at team at shutthehellupandsell.com.